And now, time to get in the huddle with your host, Charles Prodger Ritchie, here on the Mass Steel Podcast. Hey, you blink, I'll cut your eyelids off. Don't you blink. Let's go. You get where you feel like you can rush the quarterback. You understand? Rush the quarterback. Do you have room in the trophy for another one there? You got six of them. Now you're the winningest franchise in NFL history. We'll make room. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition here of the Metal Steel Podcast. We're, of course, Charles Project Ritchie here. As uh, we are now uh, three days away from the Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Cincinnati Bagels at Acrisure Stadium. Uh, remember when the season was rolled out this past spring, uh, the Steelers were initially supposed to host a Sunday night game versus Bengals. But as announced a couple weeks ago, uh, or actually a little over a week ago, excuse me, on the 8th, on Tuesday, November uh, 8th, uh, the Steelers-Bengals game has been flexed to a late Sunday afternoon game, which will be on CBS, 425 p.m. Eastern kickoff will be the start time. And right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers, right now, for the most part, they are three and six uh, at this point in time, or actually somehow uh, they still seem to find themselves uh, somewhat in the hunt for a playoff spot. If they can able to get a win here, go a four and six versus the Bengals right here, which would be really impressive. Well, as we take a look at the AFC uh, standings, just to recap right now, as we look at uh, where we're at, the division winners right now are the Chiefs, Dolphins. I mean, the division leaders, excuse me, are the Chiefs, Dolphins, Titans, Ravens. Then you got your wild card teams, the Jets, Bills, and Patriots. Patriots holding the final uh, seed for the moment as Pittsburgh Steelers are three and six. Uh, basically, uh, when you look at the standings, it's two games out, but it's realistically three games because the Patriots owning the head-to-head tiebreaker, uh, which eliminates all other tiebreakers right now uh, if they were to come down to it. So they basically uh, need that in their favor if we were to come down to it. But if the season were to end today, you'd be having the Miami Dolphins, hosting the New England Patriots, the Tennessee uh, Titans uh, hosting the Buffalo Bills, you would have the Ravens hosting the New York Jets for your wild card matchups with the Kansas City Chiefs in the bye. Remember, this is the second straight year where only the top seeds in the conference get the first round bye uh, going into this. And uh, here we are right now. It is a very interesting uh, telltale of the tape for right now. Actually, no, let me take that back. I believe this is the third uh, consecutive year uh, that began, I want to say, in 2012. Season uh, when they expanded it uh, to uh, seven seas. If I'm not mistaken, let me just uh, double check that math real quick. But uh, yeah, uh, definitely interesting uh, scenario uh, for the most part right now, as uh, we got a lot of stuff to get the business uh, here. Uh, for right now, but yeah. Uh, the only part that's really killing the Steelers right now is their conference record 
They're one and five uh, right now. So the Steelers are able to manage to uh, beat the Cincinnati Bengals uh, this Sunday at Acrisur, uh Stadium. Uh, they got some very winnable games, uh, very reasonable where they could be in them. And uh, probably uh, not, I mean, slight underdogs or probably favor. Wouldn't be surprised. They're going to be uh, facing uh, back-to-back role games uh, in Indianapolis and the Falcons right there. Uh, there'll be a Monday night game. As the league does not decide to flex that one at Lucas Oil Stadium on ESPN, where the Steelers will be hosting the Indianapolis uh, Colts. And I wonder how much uh, Colts fans will be fired up uh take on the Steelers in that game. And more so, the only reason why I would say more so fired up, because remember the looming controversy that has been uh, speaking by multiple people who had problem with the Jeff Saturday hiring as the uh, Colts interim uh, coach. Uh, still uncertainty right there if uh, Jeff Saturday is going to see how he feels uh, with his future as far as being a coach in the long run. Can he make the success? Can he even turn into a playoff run? Uh, I'm being a lot of unfavorable odds. Uh, not very well popular. It's coming in with some mixed reviews. There are some people who are in favorite, like a Pat McPhee, uh, Chris Mandel Russo, both of which who ripped into Bill Cowher more nobly. Uh, Christopher Russo right there, who uh, hosts Mad Dog Sports on Sirius XM. He was very highly critical. He is also a fill-in uh, guest on First Take every Wednesdays. You could also see him very uh, irritated by the comments, and of course, uh, Bill Cowher, and then of course, uh, Joe Thomas for uh, Cleveland Browns offensive lineman right there. Then, of course, after the Colts game, you're going to be at the Falcons right there. So they could win these next three games. Like I said, you could possibly get back the six and six right there. Then you'd be having a home game versus Baltimore Ravens, more than likely Lamar Jackson, uh, if he's healthy. Uh, this is going to be a very interesting uh, tale right there because honestly, I could definitely do see the Steelers making a bit of a run right now. And it probably won't hurt them even if they lost a game right here. There's a lot of people who are uh, speculating, too. I was also listening to uh, Cooking Joel right here on 9-3-7, uh, the fan, who was saying that this is more important for the Bengals uh, to, I mean, win this game uh, for the most part. Uh, they got a lot on the line, uh, as they have not been looking impressive as of late for right now uh, going into this. And... Uh, I, I don't say I can really uh, blame them because here, here's the fact of the matter with the Cincinnati Bengals uh, this year. They have yet to win a game in the division. They're 0-3. Uh, of course, uh, 0-3, they lost two out of those three games on the road in Baltimore and in Cleveland. And then uh, both uh, primetime games, by the way, uh, Sunday night uh, versus the Ravens, and of course, Monday night versus the Browns on Halloween. And then the opener versus Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers got a chance to sweep the Bengals for the first time in three years uh, back in 2019. And uh, more nobly, too, they did that uh, without Ben Rosberger, who injured his throwing elbow that year. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers had a long winning streak against Cincinnati Bengals for quite some time at that point. 
uh, for the most part, they had a 10-game uh, winning streak, uh, basically, uh, from uh, 2015, uh, beginning with uh, on the road in Cincinnati uh, late in that season, 2015 right there. So you look at like all that stuff right there, too. And then plus, uh, just like the Pittsburgh Steelers in a way, too, uh, they have struggled on the road this season. They're a game under 500, the Bengals are. They're 2-3. and 3-1 three. Three at home. So this might be a chance right now for them to get some home cooking. No, excuse me. Let me take that back. They're on the road in Pittsburgh. So, I mean, this, this is still right now a bad buy. And they have not been doing well on uh, as far as like on primetime games when, when it looks at it. But still, they, they definitely got a lot of uh, questions right now as uh, we look at it. But um, right right now, we'll see what happens. There's, there's just a lot of uh, interesting things right now, too. Uh, as uh, one of the key weapons for the Cincinnati Bengals who dominated them last year alongside with Joe Burrow. You got Jamar Chase right there uh, who remains uh, sidelined uh, right now with a uh, hip injury. I expect to be uh, multiple uh, games. But, uh, I mean, look at this team right here. And uh, last year, I mean, they brought a lot of respectability not just to the franchise but to this rivalry in general where they actually uh, swept the Pittsburgh Steelers, which hasn't been done in forever. And, and you really think about all these uh, stuff right here. I mean, the last time the Pittsburgh Steelers, and for the most part, has been uh, swept, I mean, by the Bengals uh, prior to that point in time. I think you'd have to go as far back. I want to say 1998 was probably like the last time that it's happened. But even still, I mean, it has definitely been an interesting uh, role, to say the least, uh, for this season right now. I mean, you'd probably be thinking, oh, actually, no, excuse me, 2009 was the last time. I take that back. Was the last time the Cincinnati Bengals uh, swept the Steelers. They beat him in the first uh, game in Cincinnati, uh, which was the third game of the season where the Steelers went to one and two. They finished out the season Nine and seven missing out on the playoffs as defending Super Bowl champions. And then they beat them in Pittsburgh uh later on that year. I want to say that that was on November 15th. Yes, it was. They won that score uh 18 to 12 in that contest. And uh there there you have it. And you look at like I said too, I mean you look at like the Bengals like uh last year, I mean what they've been able to do to them. I mean you, you look at like uh more uh, chase. I mean, like in the in the, like each of these two contests right there, he had uh, ten receptions for 129 yards and a touchdown in the first game. In the first matchup of last year, that was in Heinz Field at that point in time, and then back uh, in uh, Cincinnati on November 20th, uh, where they got their brains beat in uh, big time. Not November 20th, excuse me. Uh, got the dates mixed up here. November 28th, uh, last week of November, uh, got whooped 41 to 10 right there. You had in that game, too. I mean, uh, Jamar uh, Chase 
did not have a whole lot of receiving yards in that game, but I mean, the story in each of those games, too, was the running game, too. Joe Mixon, who did a lot of damage control, 28 attempts for 165 yards with uh, two touchdowns. And as I mentioned, too, I mean, he was a guy who definitely uh, scorched them for the mo- most part, I mean, throughout this uh, season. I mean, basically. And... I mean, for 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 this season, what they gotta do the, uh, like uh, do this right now. It is gonna definitely be a lot lot for the most part, but uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, you looked at it right there. I mean, for for the Steelers in that game. I mean, basically, in those contests, I mean, basically, when the Steelers finally got into a losing streak uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, where they won three straight off the Pittsburgh Steelers, which hasn't been done in a long time. I mean, Joe Mixon was definitely a part of that. Joe Mixon, I mean, basically, I mean, if you remember the very first uh, pregame show I'd done for the 2022 season, one of my keys to the game was uh, controlling and stopping the run. Uh, the Bengals have outgained the Pittsburgh Steelers. 380 to 104 yards prior to this uh, first game of the season. Uh, last three games, uh, 240 yards. All large parts, Joe Mixon had 255 yards last season, who had who had five and a half yards per attempt off of 46 attempts right there. So that is going to definitely be uh, very vital. I'll break down the keys of the game on uh, Saturday night. Basically, we'll do a pregame show for that. But uh, here we are. And um, right now, Steelers got a lot to uh, get get into this right now. But uh, basically, before we get to the Bengals, uh, let's take a look at the roster news real quickly. Steelers have announced at 1.53 p.m. Eastern that they have released linebacker Hemekler Rashad from the practice squad. Mike Thomas says uh, Kenny Pickett's ankle is fine. Remember, he got... Uh, he uh, slightly injured. He came up a little bit gimpy in the victory versus New Orleans Saints. Uh, that was uh, Kenny Pickett's uh, very first uh, win from start to finish in a game. So, I mean, he, he technically gets his uh, second uh, victory of the season. Uh, Tom will ask about uh, Mitch Trubisky's athleticism. We have no intention of making him uh, Taysom Hill. That's what we're asking. Uh, Tomlin uh, was building off criticism of the pass pro. Sometimes Kenny gets Kenny in trouble. That's just the nature of being a young guy. And when he was being asked about the run game, being a significant component for the Steelers on both sides and on both sides of the ball, both in the way they minimized Kamara and Hill and how Harris ran and the offensive line performed. Uh, He did mention that Jalen Warren was solid as well. Uh, Steelers opened the practice window, too, for a rookie defensive lineman, DeMarvin Leal. He's still on IR and has 21 days to be activated. And then also, too, uh, with this rivalry, uh, Joe Burrow, he definitely had a very interesting uh, take uh, in facing the Steelers this weekend as compared to week one. Uh, he said, just healthier one. I'm not coming off an appendix uh, surgery right there. And I don't know about anyone else, though, too, but I, I tweeted this on Twitter, and I uh, took very exception to that. 
I just felt like it was just a little bit of an excuse to be honest with you. I don't know if I want to say that, but I mean, here, here's the bottom line. The steel, I mean, for him to even use that right now, he had that a couple weeks before training camp. He was able to make it back in time. But when you look at the Steelers right here in the game, which they escaped in overtime right there, they dominated that game. And we're up as many by uh, two touchdowns in that game, 17 to three. Joe Burrow was responsible for all five of the Bengals' turnovers, four interceptions, and a lost fumble. And of course, Wall scores, remember, was being a pick six. From that point in time, when the Steelers went up 17 to three, they got outscored the rest of the way uh, for the most part, uh, 17 to six. In that contest, uh, but like I said, they were able to win it in overtime, thanks to a uh, botched extra, extra point attempt uh, by their backup long snapper. I just feel like Joe Burrow. I mean, listen, I have no idea what appendix surgery is like. I know it's definitely something very uh, serious, right there. It takes a couple multiple weeks to recover. But remember, that was well before in time. Uh, preseason or slightly in the preseason. And I remember a lot of the Bengals stars too. I don't, I don't believe a lot of their stars uh, play throughout this season. So my beef is if you're still well enough to like still stay in that game, get it to overtime, Joe Burrow still passed for 338 yards uh, with uh, two touchdowns. Now granted his uh, completion percentage may not have been all that great, in that uh, contest, he, he only completed like about 62% of his passes in that contest. I don't want to hear it, to be honest with you. And uh, for the most part, I do feel like right now, this rematch right here, I think the Steelers got a chance to look even better than before. I mean, the running game was not all that up to snuff, to be honest with you. I mean, you look at that first game, I mean, right there, the Steelers had a... Uh, for, for the rushing yards, 22 rushes for 75 yards. Of course, uh, Najee Harris only had 23 yards off of 10 attempts, uh, along with Chase Claypool having 36 yards off six attempts. Or not so much, three attempts for seven yards. I mean, I know his name continues to get a little bit popular, but I'm still going to ride Najee's or horse, to be honest with you. And you just cannot take that away from them. I do feel like for right now, this is definitely going to be a very interesting game. I think this is definitely be on our classic right here. I, I could see this being a tightly uh, defensive uh, contest because I think one of the biggest things that stood out in that game too, aside from how the offense was looking lax of days ago for the most part, they went 3-12. I mean, of course, that was when they had Mitch Trubisky as their quarterback. And uh, for the for, for that time, too, and Matt Canna not putting him in the burn position to try and succeed. They went 3-12 in that game, uh, 25%. They were over 3 in the first half on third down. Uh, conversion. Excuse me, no, they were 4-15 in the game on uh, third down conversions. 4-11 of 11 in the second half, over 4 in the first half. So, if Nacho Harris continues to be a little bit more healthier, 
rushing with that uh, plate in his foot they had to deal with for most of the season. I could see this being a very uh, successful game. More uh, controlled right here, if you ask me. Also, let's take a look at it, too. Uh, right now, with uh, two stacks versus Saints, Steelers, uh, outside linebacker Alex Smith, he earned his uh, first ever AFC Defensive Player of the Week award right here. Uh, and Alex Smith has definitely been uh, well-deserving of, of that award right here. I mean, look at the year that he's been having right now. I mean, for for his season right now, he's got eight and a half uh, sacks along with 10 quarterback hits, 36 total tackles, eight tackles for loss right here. This guy could be well on his way to being uh, selected to a Pro Bowl. I'm not sure about all pro, maybe. But, I mean, he's been doing real good, well solid right now. For back-to-back -back year, he's, he's started all of his games right now. And just to see T.J. Watt right there, I mean, you might see a new tandem right here as we speak. Uh, very deserving right there. In that Saints game, like I said, he had a quarterback hit in, in that uh, contest along with uh, two sacks. And uh, he also had a forced fumble, too, in that in that game, in which they won 20 to 10. Also, too, Andrew Mills, Andrew Folipoli of Nice 3 7 the fan. Uh, he was saying that Mark Schler, who was on the herd with Colin uh, Cowherd, uh, he said that the Steelers have given Kenny Pickett an office at the team facility. That's what the coach's office is, so they could work with him on film study. Uh, Andrew goes on to say, I never heard of a quarterback having his own office right there. It's very interesting right there. Uh, when you look at, like, how everything has been uh, going right now. It's uh, it's very uh, cool. I mean, right now, I mean, for how they're like grooming him. I think uh, definitely right now. I mean, the Steelers, uh, what they're saying too about uh, K Pickett, they uh, love his intangibles, moxie, leadership, and work ethic, and and I know this Burke is still out of him. Uh, for a guy like Kenny Pickett, who's been a uh, first-round uh, pick, I mean, for uh, this season, who uh, they got in uh, this year at 20th overall in the in the draft right there. Very first saw a quarterback uh, taken, I mean, for the most part. He's got a 2-3 and three record. He's a game under 500. That's So that's not that. I do feel like in time, though, what he do needs to get corrected, too, is the touchdown interception uh, ratio. I mean, right there, two touchdowns and interceptions. But Ben Rosberger, too, who's also uh, talking with uh, Bob Papiani, his recent guest on footballing with Ben Roethlisberger, uh, he was saying, like, on one of the very first plays of the game, too, he had uh, Deontay Johnson wide open, too, that he should try to hit him uh, deep right there on the deep ball. I mean, just kind of like uh, help uh, open things up a little bit more because I guess he's still kind of like uh, disagree with the notion of trying to run the ball a little bit more when you've seen how much lack of success they had so far up to this point. But uh, anyway, other stuff that's trending on here too, the great Brett Kiesel on 937 The Fan, he also said uh, to Angela Filippone and uh, Chris Muller that uh, Kenny Pickett 
He's so driven to win. I see that with Kenny Pickett, just like Big Ben. And we'll we'll continue to see right now. To be honest here, I mean, I'm here in Chicago. Uh, Bears got a guy by the name, I don't know if you heard of Justin Fields right now, who's been doing a lot of stuff with his legs right now, setting records as a uh, quarterback in uh, Bears history with uh, rush records. He's still got a ways to go as far as like uh, developing in the passing game, but he's definitely getting more exciting. The only problem, like I told many people here in Chicago with him, where I have, is that his sack total right now, it's only 10 games, and he's matched his uh, season high in sacks with 36. I mean, last year he started 10 out of 12 games, and you're already at 36 six sacks in 10 games right now. And that number's only going to go up right there uh, more and more for the most part. And that's the only thing I get very concerned. I mean, his, his rushing, I mean, for the most part, uh, for this season right now, He's uh, ran for 749 yards off 104 attempts with six touchdowns. But then you look at like his uh, passing game, too. He's also completed about 59% of his passes, throwing for 1,489 yards, 12 touchdowns, seven interceptions, uh, which is not really all that impressive right there. You're talking about barely just under like 3,000 yards passing the way he's being projected to finish out the season. So that's my biggest uh, beef right there. So <laughs> let's go ahead and finish up right into the juicy uh, topic right there, too, before we get out of here. Fair or foul? That Jeff Saturday's uh, hiring to the Indianapolis uh, Colts was a disgrace. Uh, you, you heard um, many people, uh, Bill Cowher, who's voicing the be the loudest one so far to date uh, seemed to get a lot more heat along with Joe Thomas on NFL Network. But then you also have Rex Ryan here. I'm going to play uh, Rex Ryan and Bill Cower uh, first, and then they're going to play a clip of Chris Maddow Russo, who just literally ripped both Bill Cower and Joe Thomas, especially Bill Cower, the shreds. And quite honestly, it's so disrespectful to every single coach that that has actually been in this league. I had a guy named Mike Westoff who coached for like 40 years in the National Football League, was never given a head coaching opportunity. There's a million great coaches were never given this opportunity. I look at the, the coaches on his staff. What message are you sending them? Like, oh, by the way, you're going to get fired. It's as simple as that. Because if you don't think somebody is more qualified to do the job as a head coach on that staff than bringing a guy in pretty much off the street with no experience, I mean, you're sadly mistaken. I talked about in his first press conference the fact that he's going to use his second half as an opportunity to build his resume, to see whether or not he can coach in the future. Mm. I say to that, what about the assistants on the staff right now? The guys that were there in training camp, the guys that were there early in the morning and late at night, the guys that have gone through the first six weeks in that building, guys like Gus Bradley, Scotty Montgomery, uh, John Fox, don't they deserve the opportunity for an owner to hire a coach who's never been an assistant at the college level or the pro level and overseeing a very much a lot of candidates that are qualified for that job, as we see in Steve Wilkes, an opportunity to build a resume 
It's a disgrace to the coaching profession. Mm. And regardless how this thing plays out, what happened in Indianapolis is a travesty. Radio stations and TV stations and networks, they can hire people who have no experience whatsoever. Whether you got a bunch of people working their rear ends off and he's absolutely making nothing and they can't get their foot in the door, yet Cowra wins a Super Bowl, does nothing after that, decides he wants to be a broadcaster. No experience whatsoever. He's very average. No experience whatsoever. And so CBS hires him without any experience. So CBS can do that, but Robert Jim Irsay, who owns a billion-dollar franchise, can't. Really now? This is what we're going to do. So it's okay for Joe Thomas, who never went to broadcasting school, all right, who didn't do 3WE Sports Talk in Cleveland. It's okay for him to walk in the NFL Network, sit there and get a job. They put him on TV and out he babbles. He can do it without any experience whatsoever. But God forbid Jeff Saturday gets the job of coaching the Colts. Really? So it's okay to get no experience to get in your seat in broadcasting, but it's not okay to be a head coach, which you guys somehow think you got to be Einstein to do. Yeah, calm down. And, of course, uh, I will say this right now, too. I mean, um, Christopher Mandel Russo, uh, I think just went a little bit way too far in that one. But at the same time, though, too, he is right about the hypocrisy of the criticism, uh, basically where it's coming off the me of it. I mean, uh Bill Coward just calling a disgrace and a travesty of the coaching profession. Now, remember, too, Bill Coward did kind of sympathize with Jeff Saturday, too, who was uh, unsure and was not interested in being involved with the team at first as far as being a coach, the lifestyle, uh, which Bill Coward clearly related to. Remember, that was one of the things right there, too. I mean, mainly his wife who was uh, getting severely sick and eventually died about well over three years after he went into broadcasting with uh, CBS as a student analyst, uh, Kay Cower. She passed away uh, during her long uh, illness with uh, skin cancer. But at the same time, too, I think Bill Cower right there, I mean, you look at a lot of like, guys today, too. I mean, then for like Joe Thomas, here, here's Bob line. This has been happening since, like, the early criticism of a guy like Howard Cosell. Howard Cosell right now, who has been long uh, passed away, I believe he passed away in 1996, he always took issue with the fact, like, as far as, like, athletes uh, in his mind, as far as, like, getting on TV or doing, like, what he was doing. Remember, he was an analyst or, like, announcer for – the initial Monday Night Football back on ABC Sports, of course, as well as uh, doing uh, regular like coverage of the game, reporting, and being a journalist in media. And he, he took issue as far as like how he felt like a lot of athletes were kind of getting almost like an easy pass, so to speak. So I, I think for Christopher Mad Dog Russo to kind of like go out there and like uh, – being the deaf on that one, I think he was definitely a little bit way out of bounds on that one. But at the same time, too, I think Bill Cowher, too, just the way he ended it right there, a disgrace and a travesty of the coaching profession. Now, Grant, you just did hear he mentioned a few guys on there, too, like a Gus Bradley, John Fox, which we already seen right there. I mean, his, 
was more famously known uh, with the Panthers and, of course, uh, the Broncos, too, which he had Peyton Manning, but also, like, helped, like, uh, turn them around defensively. But I'm not sure if uh, NFL is ready to see John Fox uh, back on the sidelines again, too. Uh, I'm not saying he can't do it, though, but then again, with his health issues and stuff, I'm not sure it would be uh, wise for him to get back into the profession right now. I mean, John Fox, I think he's already showed his cards about what he could do as a coach. I, I think he is done uh, coaching, so to speak. And he is uh, 67 years old. I'm not sure if he wants to be coaching into his 70s at this point. Let's just uh, say that. But I will say this, too. I do feel like Bill Cowher was – I will disagree with Bill Cowher on this one as far as being a disgrace. I understand where he feels the frustration where it's like you're not like uh, trusting uh, people who are on, on your staff. Basically, you're not saying that the coach organization, Jim Irsay, he doesn't feel like they're good enough to like take him to the next level. Listen, at the end of the day, the bottom line, it is his team as an executive – as an owner of this team. But I do feel like uh, Jeff Saturday right now, he is definitely a guy people are wanting to root for. Won his very first game this past Sunday in Vegas versus Raiders. And a guy like Jeff Saturday, too, here's the the reason why I like this hire. He is one of the Colts' very own, if you think about it. Guy who's played for them as center at that franchise been the two Super Bowls with. They won the Super Bowl together with him and Peyton Manning. And you know the rest of the offense talent they're around. I think definitely Jeff Saturday identifies as a Colt uh, lifer there, if you ask me. I think that is someone that uh, fits the bill right there as far as character. I mean, as far as like accountability. And has a very great eye for the game. Now, I mean, I know a lot gets talked about. He already has any coaching experience where it's like a leader or pro. That's true. But at the same time, too, he has been paying attention to the game as far as like analyzing the game, debating topics in the game. And if this is going to be slowly that triggers like a new wave of coaches being hired into this game, I have no issue with it. And that's where I'm going to leave at right there. Once again, I'm Charles Pride's Richie. You guys, ladies and gentlemen, you guys and gals can follow me on social media, on Twitter, at MetasteelCGR, and on Instagram, at MetasteelNation. So I leave you. Don't be trolling. Be rolling. Here we go, Sears. Here we go. I go.